Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. And I was like, excuse me, you want me to drive an hour and 20 minutes to go play fucking bingo? <laughs> I think the fuck not, you trick ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start this episode, we want to make it clear that we do not endorse the abuse of any controlled substances. We also want to emphasize that we are not licensed medical professionals. The conversation we have on this episode is merely for entertainment purposes. We are not liable for your interpretations. So Christy, what have you been up to since the last time we spoke? Oh, by the way, we took a break for Memorial Day. I hope you guys enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. We're happy to be back. Thank you guys for waiting for us. Anyway, what were you up to? Not a whole lot. It was gross here. It's like the grossest weather <laughs> Memorial Day. It's disappointing. Yeah. But I did do a couple things. I went to drag brunch, which I haven't been to one in so long. It was so hey. fun. Yes. Oh, the post-vax life is great. But man, I felt so old. I was going to this drag brunch and obviously because I'm a good person who supports my local drag queens, I stopped at the 7-Eleven to get a whole bunch of singles only to get there and find on the table they have just a sheet with all of their like Venmo and cash apps for each drag queen. <laughs> What? Yes! They're taking digital currency? Yes! <laughs> I was like... Oh, I love it. This is genius. But then I gave them all my singles anyways because I don't... Because I hate cash. What are you going to... Yeah, what are you going to use it for later? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't like that. I mean, I love it because it's, it's more efficient. But also, I mean, the satisfaction of like, yes, queen, and like handing them singles... You don't yeah. get that anymore. You just click buttons on your phone. Yeah. Oh. And then I would feel like like I, <laughs> I gave them the singles and then I tipped them more on the apps because I was like, I don't... <laughs> I feel like even if I give you money on the app, you don't know that I did. And I feel like I'm being that stingy person and I don't want to be. I am tipping you. I just like, ugh. But yes, that's definitely a part of it. Like sticking dollar bills between the drag queen's boobs. Like, that's right. It's part of the experience. And the drag queen's like grabbing the singles, tossing them in the air and performing on the. Yeah, like, yeah. oh man, it's part of the whole vibe. Hopefully they bring yeah. that back. Hopefully that's not like gone forever and ever. Because oh no, yes, lots for... of people still had singles, so. Or other dollar bills. I, I like, ran out of dollar bills and then just gave one a 10 just because that's what I had. I was like, oh, you're the lucky one because I ran out of <laughs> Money. <laughs> but I feel like maybe maybe they'll have this um this digital currency thing as, like, uh, an option for those who just happen to have walked in without cash so mm -hmm. they can still do that. Drag queens are great. They have like a sixth sense to know exactly which audience members to pick on for everyone's entertainment. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. There was this guy, he was such a good sport, bless him. <laughs> but he was there with his fiance. They were getting married in like a couple days. And the, <laughs> the drag queens spotted him from a mile away every time they came. So like this bar, it's actually a really odd bar for like drag performances. There's like an itty bitty stage and then like, a central bar and like a tiny little walkway all around the bar. So they just literally like do something on the stage and then like shimmy shuffle through the whole restaurant. Oh, was this in a restaurant? Yes. 
What's a bar slash restaurant? This guy was just at a table with his fiance and all of their friends. And they were like grinding on him. They were sitting on his lap. They were like having a time. They were... (laughs) And his fiance could not have been more thrilled. She was just throwing money at them. She was like, yes, yes. (laughs) She was having the time of her life. (laughs) She probably, I I, I don't want to assume too much, but the fiance, the lady probably requested, this is exactly what we're doing today. And he was like, work, let's go. I like that. That's fun. I'm so disappointed now that I never thought, I mean, I guess the future is mine to take, but I'm upset I've never done that with my husband. (laughs) Just like told the drag queens ahead of time. (laughs) Be like, there's a straight in the audience. (laughs) Get him. (laughs) Come get him. (laughs) This summer, I'm not letting any opportunity go. I'm grabbing every single opportunity to be out. I'm not kidding. I'm taking every single one. But anyway. Unless it's Pride Bingo, apparently. I'm not going to that. Oh, for those of you who don't know, I was saying earlier how a friend, by the way, that friend is probably going to listen to this episode. And I was saying how they invited me to DC because DC is doing a Pride thing today. And what they're going to do is just going to sit in a room and play bingo. And I was like, excuse me, you want me to drive an hour and 20 minutes to go play fucking bingo? I think the fuck not, you trick ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) so no i'm at home clearly and i'm not going to dc to play bingo but every other opportunity to go out i will take it just not this one oh yeah we didn't even say like bingo aside happy pride month everybody i forgot to yes happy pride month everybody oh i wish i had a sound effect yeah Somebody just honked. Giving you a sound effect. (laughs) Thanks, whoever honked. (laughs) Let's see. So I watched a Russian horror movie, which that was a first. I know Mm. less than zero about the Russian cinema scene, whatever that happens to be right now. But but I love horror movies, and I had heard this was good. It was called Sputnik. It came out last year. And it sounded, from the description, sort of just like an alien, not knockoff, but a similar Mm. story. It's like, oh, alien parasite, which has sort of a very, like, cliche idea. I mean, made cliche by Alien, which was a great movie, but it actually... So I had sort of low expectations because I thought the story was going to be a little predictable, and I also just... I guess I didn't have high expectations for Russian cinema, but it was actually great. I really enjoyed it. Wow. The story was actually really original. Didn't see quite where it was going and was really interested. Had very high production value. Didn't didn't see that coming. I don't know why. It's a whole-ass country. I just, like... (laughs) No, I mean, some foreign films, it's just a little harder to get the nuances of how good the acting and the delivery is. Like, I can tell when someone is a very good actor, even if they're speaking another language, because I get so much out of it, and I can tell when they're a very bad actor, even if it's in another <laughs> language. But the sort of, like, middle-of-the-road stuff is harder to determine. Oh, I see. And the writing, because it's been translated. But but it was good. I enjoyed it. Wow. When I heard Sputnik, I, I instantly assumed this is going to be a movie about... It kind of sort of is, because aliens. But remember, like, the very famous, I think, Russian rocket called Sputnik? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was going to be, like, a space adventure type movie. And now it's about aliens. So, I guess, same yeah. way. Yeah, it's about, like, yeah. a cosmonaut that comes back from space with, like, an alien parasite. Yeah. I will read the synopsis of this movie. 
Yes. I don't think you'd like it. It was kind of gory and definitely a horror movie, but... Ah, that's why I was like, I may not watch this, but yeah. I, what I will do is read the synopsis. That I can do. Yes. But, but now I'm fascinated. I know, like, absolutely nothing about what sort of movies are being made in Russia nowadays. Like, I'm actually really into horror movies, so some other countries I'm more familiar with, like, some of the directors and the current trends in movies. Like, Korea has a bunch of horror movies that they've been putting out the last few years. But, yeah, Russia... It's new, new on the radar. So I this is I wish I spoke a lot more languages. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that as if I do speak more than one. Just let me not kid myself. I wish I spoke more than one language. Let me put it that way, because countries like Germany, France, Thailand, they all make really interesting LGBT movies. I wish I wish um I could understand more languages because then movies like this in different languages i'd just be able to watch it and understand what the initial or original writing was as opposed to having Mm -hmm. it being dubbed or translated yeah anyway oh yeah i also one of my favorite bands the black keys put out a new album uh called delta cream which is not uh an original album it's all covers of really old blues songs wow yeah it's really good i enjoyed it they So I went through and listened to the whole album and listened to all of the songs that they covered. And I think they did a really good job of capturing the spirit of those songs, but also modernizing them and making it fit the the band's style, which is this sort of Southern rock feeling. Uh, And yeah, I think it was really good. I sort of expected, I think with a lot of covers of old songs like this, they feel the need to like turn the production value way down and give that like lo-fi sound. They didn't do that. It actually like they made like modern versions that sounded really cool. I'm going to listen to this. Is this on the Big Empty Purse playlist? Yes, it is on the Big Empty Purse playlist, all one word on Spotify. Yeah, if I had one complaint about it, it's that, which is sort of not a fair complaint, but as a whole album, it sort of feels a little flat because it's a lot of songs that are very similar to one another. And it's sometimes like, so like if like in their albums and most people's albums that are written as a full album, there's a lot more rise and fall and like songs that are a lot more energetic and then some like slower songs. And this one, it was like very similar tempos, very similar sort of melodies. Just so if you're listening through as an album, it's one of those where it's like, oh, I didn't even realize the track had changed. I thought I was listening to the same song. And I like that song, but <laughs> but it's not a fair complaint because it wasn't written as an album. It's covers, so. What have I been up to? So for Memorial Day, I went to New York City. And that weekend was mostly good. Although it rained two out of three days that I was there. But that didn't stop me because I was dedicated to the cause. And the most remarkable thing happened, right? It was raining and we were out. And of course, I didn't take an umbrella with. I did I did pack an umbrella, right? But I just stepped out and didn't grab it with me. Mm. And we were just walking around and we found one of those um, side street kiosks. And the guy had umbrellas. And I was like, oh, I walked in. I was like, I grabbed the umbrellas. And I was like, okay, how do I pay? And he goes, cash. I was like, can I pay with a card or is it cash only? And he was like, oh, no, it's cash only. And I was like, oh, man, that means like I can't buy the umbrellas because I, I don't travel with cash. So I was going to give the umbrellas back and just like put my hoodie on and run to the nearest subway station trying to figure it out there. And 
this really nice kid, he was, he rolled up on his bicycle meaning to buy something else and saw me struggling and he offered to buy them for me. And I was like, uh, do you have a, a Venmo or something that I can pay you back immediately? Cause I, the kid looked yeah. young. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that like, you're going to use whatever it is, your allowance money or whatever to buy this umbrella. And I, I don't want that. Like, let me give you this back. And he was like, no, 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 I don't have any of that, but just go ahead and take the umbrella. It's fine. I'll pay. I was like, nope, I'm not accepting this. I'm absolutely not <laughs> accepting this. Thank you. So I give the umbrellas back and I walk down like the nearest street or whatever. This kid runs on his bike or whatever after us. And he was like, here, take these umbrellas. I already paid for them. You have to take them now. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, shout out to that kid. I don't know who you are and I don't know your name or anything, but hopefully you're listening to this. If you, <laughs> There's no reason why I should think you would be listening to this, but thank you so much. He actually bought us, uh, I went to New York City with a friend of mine. He bought both of us umbrellas and I was like, uh, thank you so much. And I was like, can I still pay? He was like, no. And yeah, no, shout out to that kid. He was the nicest, so. That act of kindness kind of made that day for me. I was like, wow. But the thing is, I realized the people who actually live in New York City are never mean assholes. They could be in a hurry or they could be like pinched for time or whatever. But I've never met somebody who's actually from there, lives there to be mean. The people who are usually mean are the visitors who go to New York. Yeah. And I've noticed that many times. Like, oh, I was standing in line at a store and I was going to pay for something. And you know the thing where the cashier is still like figuring out either putting the, I don't know, the hangers away or like clearing her place so that the next person can come up. And mm-hmm. I usually don't just jump in front of them and start, you know, I usually wait for them to call me up. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be polite and stuff. And the yeah. guy in the back was like, go up. She's finished. I was like, I was literally about to break flock that day because like i'm not the one you scream at like that i will get you together and i was like you know what let me not be that guy i was this close to being that guy because i was already i think that day i was already upset i was miserable that day so like him doing that was like and i was like then i'm gonna look like that asshole too so i was like you know what i'll let that go but he he i know was not from new york he was visiting we went to the met which is the metropolitan museum of new york city mama why didn't you tell me this is garbage i did why didn't you tell me i've never been there i didn't know it was garbage garbage that's good to know garbage garbage because i went there thinking you know um the met that museum actually hosts the met gala every year mm-hmm. which is for those of you who don't know, Met Gala is really popular. It's like an A-list event. It's a fundraising gala that they collect funds for the Costume Institute of New York, I think. So I went to the Met thinking that I was going to be able to see jewelry and costumes of monarchs. Like I wanted to see what the Medici family wore. They had the same raggedy shit that every other museum has. <laughs> the same. They had mummies. Which I'm like, first of all, whenever I go to museums and I see mummies, I'm like, so you went up and dug people's final resting place to put them in a glass box so white people can look at it? What the fuck? Why? Why are you doing this? But anyway, they had mummies and I was like, fuck this. And then they also had like Chinese craft basins. (laughs) Who the fuck cares? I mean, sorry, look, that's not shade to like the craftsmen and like the historic heritage. But like if you go to at this point in your life, you've seen craft basins from every museum you go to has these. And like at the end, they like had Egyptian statues. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is the run on the mill shit you see in every other museum. I wasn't impressed. I was like, I'm here specifically for this thing that I wouldn't be able to see anywhere else. So, of course, I walk up to one of the people working there and I was like, I'm here to see costumes and jewelry of monarchs. 
where the fuck is that exhibit? And the guy was like, right now we don't have any. And I was like, is it that you don't have any right now or you just usually don't have any? And he was like, uh, right now we don't have any because, you know, uh, we're preparing for this year's version of the Met Gala, which is going to be online. So all those pieces are reserved and are going to be curated for that purpose. And I was like, all right. Mm. So I wasted my time buying a ticket to be here. And he was like, uh, you know what? I didn't say that to him. I was thinking that. But he was saying, oh, you know what? But we do have... <laughs> this part killed me. He said, we do have armors of knights and other warriors that could be part of costume pieces, right? I just walked away. At that point, I was like, sir, you're not all there. Clearly. Clearly. I came here to look at costumes and jewelry and asking me to look at armors. How does that help anybody? But anyway, we went to the Met and we went to the Little Island, which is like an island that is built. I think it was built last year, actually. Somewhere in New York. I forget what corner of New York. It's on the water. It's like they put stilts. It's kind of like if you build a bridge, but that bridge, instead of it being an actual bridge, is just a park. So they have like trees, shrubs. They have ramps to all sorts. It's like Healy because the stilts that the park is built on, they're not all the same level. Some are higher than others to create the illusion of heels. It's beautifully done. I completely enjoyed this. I recommend it. And then we went out clubbing. We went to a gay bar and then a straight bar. And I don't even know why I agreed to go to the straight bar because mama, no, absolutely not. I was, no, we're not even talking about that. But anyway, oh, no. I was really impressed though that one of the bars at the door before you entered, they required you to show proof of your vaccinations and let you in. I was like, this is really cool. I mean, some people got turned away, which sucks. Because, like, if you show up to New York City, (laughs) you want to party. They're like, no, you don't have a vaccine record. And then I finally got to watching the Christopher Nolan movie that came out recently called Tenet. I know people didn't like it, but I shouldn't say but. I should say and. I agree with them. (laughs) I see why they didn't like it. (laughs) I see why they didn't like it. But it's not because the concept behind it is trash. It's just because Christopher Nolan was really ambitious in what he wanted to accomplish. And I don't think technology and film has gotten to the place. Because he's if you're doing a film about iterative time travel, you have to put it in a construct that allows you to break chronology. And the way m- movies are currently produced, you see them for the most part in sequence. The first scene, the second scene, the third scene, the fourth scene. And you have to be able to know, oh, even this, even though this scene came second, in regular time of how the plot is constructed, it goes first. If you're only doing that once or twice, it's not hard to do because you just make it obvious which scenes are before and after. Right. Right. But if you're doing iterative time travel where you're traveling to the past and then in the past you travel to the past and in the past you travel to the past and so forth and so on, then it becomes really tricky which Mm -hmm. scenes to put in what place. And I think he was just constrained by the technology and filmmaking. He was too ambitious with this project. So Mm -hmm. it just felt lazy at the end. Although Mm -hmm. he did a, like the scenes and the sequences that he shot, if you just take the time to understand what he was trying to do, it kind of makes sense how he made those choices. But overall, like I would say Christopher Nolan, give it another 10 years and try to remake this movie. Mm. Because it's like, that movie is like a step up from Inception. Inception was good. I think Inception was a good movie. And this Mm. movie could have been better if he had the right technology to do it or figured out another way to do it. But he was limited, I think. I also saw, somebody recommended that I see Halston on Netflix. I haven't even heard of this. I'm glad you haven't. Don't watch this. (laughs) Should I just forget it? Forget it. And I'll tell you why you should forget it. (laughs) 
You know this thing, I mean, Ryan Murphy, for the most part, I think Ryan Murphy is terrible. <laughs> Ryan Murphy is trash, objectively speaking. I think Ryan Murphy's garbage. And I hate to say it that way because he is part of culture and he has given much needed voice to the LGBT community. And I get it. This man has done fundamentally important works. However, he has this trope that he beats into every single one of his projects, and I can't stand it. So what he'll do is he'll sensationalize and he will hype up historical tragedies, which is not a problem because for you to make a movie, the movie has to have some wow. It has to. It's it's a movie. You're making a movie or a series or whatever. It's an entertainment piece. So I don't mind if you introduce plot tangents in there that are not true to history. I don't mind that. But what he ends up doing, and he does it every single time, he'll take the character and boil it down to this caricature. Mm. So the character then becomes like two-dimensional. So yeah. say for instance, in Halston's case, right? Halston was a gay designer. What would Ryan Murphy do if that's a character? He will make that character addicted to cocaine and make sure that they're loud, obnoxious, flamboyant, and that's it. He doesn't show the depth in the character. What does the character feel when you know he has to sell his name his company essentially because if you if you go by Givenchy of course Givenchy is dead but the name Givenchy if you sell that up to a different corporate entity and you can no longer sell it and you are Givenchy how does that character feel how does that character mm -hmm. handle that the character development that makes movies interesting Ryan Murphy kicks that out even when he did Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford the feud mm. how do you make fucking Betty Davis two-dimensional <laughs> he did it this man and he had Susan Sarandon playing Betty Davis, and he still managed to make that character two-dimensional. Betty fucking Davis. Now, I still watch it because I'm there for the drama. I love the mess. But I was like, this character could be better. Um, that's what Halston was on Netflix. And I was like, so on today's episode, we'll be discussing marijuana. We should start by defining what marijuana is. Because it's essentially a cannabis flowering plant that has three species for the most part, sativa, indica, and ruderalis. Although people classify ruderalis as sativa. So people just say there's only sativa and indica, but there are three. You could just put one under the umbrella of the other one. The actual plant, people just think only gets you high, but it has many uses. And one of the most obvious distinctions between marijuana plant and the hemp plant, which by the way, they're both very similar. They're both the same species essentially. And biologically speaking, because they're the same species, they're very similar. However, hemp plants and marijuana plants are different only by the strain breeding. Because legally, hemp or industrial hemp is a cannabis plant that contains 0.3% or less THC. We'll get to this later, but THC is essentially the component in marijuana that does give you the high. It's the molecule that, it's the psychoactive molecule. But marijuana and cannabis plant has more than 0.3% THC, THC, THC. However, that's not the only molecule that is in marijuana plants. We also have CBD, and that can be derived from both hemp and marijuana plants. So today, we're going to be talking about the actual marijuana plant with 0.3% of THC, the fun stuff. So these plants marijuana plants have many molecules that are pharmacologically active, not necessarily psychoactive. So a lot of these molecules are called 
cannabinoids, and they attach to receptors in the body that affect appetite, pain, sensation, mood, and memory. Okay, for those of you who are science aficionado, you would know that the receptors that these attach to are G-protein coupled receptors that can then cause a cascade of events to happen to change different things. But we're not trying to have dense science conversation here. So <laughs> moving on swiftly. Yeah, so there's obviously lots of molecules, but the two main cannabinoids in marijuana plants that you'll hear folks talk about are THC, which stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. I'm sure you were waiting to hear what it stood <laughs> what <is>? for. Just <laughs> couldn't wait. Uh, and CBD stands for cannabidiol. So CBD was a controlled substance, but it was removed from the Controlled Substances Act in 2018. So you can buy CBD in all forms now as a supplement. You can buy it for your pets. It comes in lotions. It's all over the place. But CBD doesn't give you the high, those sort of like psychoactive properties that THC does. But it's used for a ton of things. It's used for anxiety. It's used for like medical treatments. I know a lot of people with arthritis use it, but CBD is no longer considered a controlled substance. THC is the substance that people are really talking about and that comes in so many forms that we collectively refer to as weed or marijuana. In the 19th century, industrial hemp was a big market because it was a good source of fibers for making fabric, rope, ETC. But in 1920 to 1940, the U.S. Federal Bureau of Narcotics started an all-out war on cannabis. Uh, this was spearheaded by Harry Anslinger, who, pardon my saying, seemed like an asshole. <laughs> Just <laughs> an asshole. Anslinger started this aggressive campaign against cannabis, and I think it was in order to establish the authority of his division of narcotics. And he just happened to have picked cannabis as the campaign adversary. So... He did this even though scientists at the time agreed that the consumption of cannabis was not fatal or toxic, as opposed to all the other narcotics. But he just had an all-out war against cannabis, and he, apparently his whole war on drugs was fueled at the base by racism. Shocking. <laughs> right, I'm sh right. I'm shocked. <laughs> but, I mean, I was reading this, and I was like, I'm not shocked that everything, most things here are fueled by racism, but I was like, what's the connection here? And I had to look this up, right? Apparently, Mexican immigrants at the time would, this is, you know, they'd smoke marijuana. It was kind of like part of, I don't want to say part of the culture, but it was more prominent then than it was with like white Americans or people who are traditionally European. And the marijuana hate back then was used to perpetrate xenophobia in order to discourage immigration from Mexico. That's one part. And he was actually, he, one of the quotes, the quotes that was recorded of him was he was saying that reefer makes darkies think that they are as good as the white man. Yeah. Ooh. Also, I <laughs> should mention, yeah, no, the, the guy was, mm. I would also mention that if any of you have seen the movie, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Harry Anslinger was the guy who was out to get Billie Holiday. And he was out to get Billie Holiday because Billie Holiday sang this song called Strange Fruit. And Strange Fruit is about the lynching and hanging of black folk. You know, a black person hanging from a tree, Strange Fruit. And he was so against Billie Holiday singing this song that he would follow her on tour, making sure she didn't sing the song. And at any venue he sang that song, he would arrest her. But you can't arrest a woman for singing a song, right? 
So what he would do is, because he was the leader of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, he would arrest her and then charge her with possession of narcotics. Because apparently, Billie Holiday did use heroin. Mm. Again, what fucking artist, a creative in that time, did not use drugs? Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was out to get her and... She was a trooper. She fought as hard as she could. I know, like, the entire United States, they're going to get you. Like, Billie Holiday (laughs) is just one woman. She tried the best. She's also, for those of you who don't know, Billie Holiday is credited as the godmother of the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Because this song was pretty much the starting anthem for that movement. Mm. Anyway, shout out to Billie Holiday. Rest in peace. There have been and still are very polarizing views on marijuana, which is weird because we all seem to be fine with nicotine and alcohol being legal substances, even though those both have very well-documented, very harmful effects. (laughs) But we're all fine with them because they're normalized and also they're regulated, which can provide a little more security and... They are sources of tax revenue for the government. Shout out to tax revenue. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, that that's actually been one of the big pushes now to get marijuana decriminalized, which I think is good. So in the last five years, there have been a lot of places that have de- decriminalized. In addition to the decriminalization efforts, right, the medical community has shown that the cannabinoids in marijuana plant attach and activate GPCR receptors that do many things, appetite, pain, yada, yada, yada. So there's been a push to not only get marijuana decriminalized, but also get it legalized, not only for recreational use, which is kind of like what most of it, most of the discussion is around, but specifically for medical use. Mm -hmm. Because there is a lot of benefit for using it for medicinal purposes, but only a few states in the United States actually have cannabinoids approved for medical use which is crazy to me because like it's for fucking medical use why isn't yep. the whole country like i'm not saying like for the recreational stuff first of all that should also be legal don't get me wrong <laughs> because then if it's legal then there'll be programs to make sure that the purity of what's being sold meets a certain standard and for those who need i don't know help with addiction and stuff there'll also be systems in place for that if you legalize it Mm-hmm. So we stand to help more people if we legalize it on both fronts. But at the very minimum for medical use, just like they say, if a, if a, if a drug is good for a very specific use, but you're, you know, because of a vestige of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics in the 1920s or this stuff, we really hated it. And then you don't use it for medical purposes. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, I agree with you on pretty much all points. It's so much less harmful than other common recreational substances that are legal like the amount of THC you would have to consume to like you can't you cannot <laughs> overdose on THC you'd have to get like a gallon of purified THC and drink it like it's <laughs> you can't <laughs> it's also a lot less addictive than things like nicotine and alcohol it has like you said proven helpful medical effects and probably more that we don't know about because it's hard to research it when it's illegal so if it just if it were legal, it would create tax revenue. It would be safer for consumers because it could be regulated. It's oh, it's just so many things, and it's very confusing to me that it's not legal yet. But also, just along with decriminalization, there's this 
justice piece of it that because it has been criminalized for so long and weaponized for so long, the thought of it being decriminalized without also going back and commuting people's sentences and expunging people's records for weed charges is bullshit. (laughs) I see dispensaries now in places where weed is legal that are clearly just like some like white entrepreneurs have jumped on the train to like open their dispensary and they're making bank off of it and there's like so many black people in jail for selling tiny amounts of it or possessing tiny amounts of it and spending years of their lives in prison like it's it's it makes me furious the criminalization of cannabis and all cannabis products is fundamentally an act of racism yes yeah they like the those who structure this whole thing like the federal bureau of narcotics or even the u.s government this is like it was a racist act they were out to perpetrate racism by doing this there's no other way to slice it because for those of you who don't know in the late 80s to the 90s there was this thing called the war on drugs which i used to think that was the first time the war on drugs happened but in the 1920s it happened to apparently with harry anslinger and the federal bureau of narcotics this happened before But the one in the 90s had this stupid rule that I think was under the Clinton administration. If I'm wrong, somebody's going to correct me, I'm sure. And it was something like you got three strikes before, like, you caught, like, a a full-out felony. They threw you in jail, right? And what they would do is if you were caught anywhere near marijuana or with marijuana, right, you caught a charge. And you only got three of those. Now, the only people that were subject to this where especially in new york city were black people obviously right and what they would do back then is because of this three strikes law what the police officers the corrupt police officers would do is they would travel around with the marijuana on them and if they pulled someone over without reasonable doubt they would plant that marijuana in their cars yeah they would plant it and that would count as one strike and imagine getting three of those that's the end And now that marijuana is decriminalized, like you were just saying, some shit that's legal in Colorado, and now the the only people who are able, like, white people just have businesses where they sell this now. Mm -hmm. To me, that's not fair. That isn't fair. And I'm not saying the case is closed down those white businesses. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the black people who have felony charges and are not able to work because a lot of the places won't hire a felon because they had a fucking joint on them. Right. Yeah, no, you have to go back, expunge their records. And in fact, you owe them some compensation for that. Yes. (laughs) Honestly. Right. Because like now that it's legal, the white people are perfect positioned to take advantage of that mm-hmm. yeah no that's to me that's not fair that's absolutely not fair oh yeah but in related news i don't know if you saw uh amazon just announced that it won't be testing its employees for marijuana anymore um there are some positions they employ that where it's mandated like mandated by a federal agency and they've also come out publicly saying that they support federal decriminalization which i mean fuck amazon fuck jeff bezos terrible company terrible person but <laughs> this this was a, i feel like this was a good step something that i've noticed more since moving to dc is that you know marijuana is now legal in so many places and it's on, honestly so commonplace among our generation past generations like honestly it's so commonplace but it's still illegal on a federal level so like there's 
people going for like security clearances and and all of these government positions they're like well have you ever done drugs it's like well had marijuana in a place where it was perfectly legal to (laughs) and there are some some clearances where it's like you know you just have to you know pinky promise you're not going to do it anymore (laughs) but then there are others like I think the FBI actually has a rule where they won't hire anyone who has ever consumed marijuana. Wow. Which, like, how are they ever going to hire a millennial? Like, you can't. There's no- <laughs> they never. And, you know, the, and this is this is what I'm trying to say about that, right? If you hire someone who has never smoked marijuana, that person is likely, likely very biased against marijuana. Such that if they are in a position of power like an FBI agent, if they ever come across someone who does smoke marijuana, that bias is going to overpower whatever it is, the the justice for the crime they committed. You are going to throw the entire book at them because you're like, well, you smoke marijuana, you're not supposed to. No, hire somebody who smoked marijuana so they can understand <laughs> what it is that they're doing when they eventually encounter someone who does smoke. You see what I'm saying? It's... It's like it's the other thing with like hiring black people. If you if you program a light sensor, you know the thing the thing that happened a few a few years ago where you walk into bathrooms, yeah, and you know a black person can walk into the bathroom, the sensor won't detect them and the light won't come on. But a white person walking in the bathroom, it turns on instantly. Yeah. yeah. If you had several black people as part of the team that designed that light sensor, mm-hmm. don't you think they would have caught that? No, yeah. but obviously you only hired white people, so the white people only program. And it's not right. the case where it's an active bias; it's a passive bias. They just didn't mm-hmm. think of the. Right. So this is why, when you're designing anything, you need to have a very diverse group of people in the room. So the FBI agents, no, when you are doing your hiring thing, make sure at least half your staff are people who have smoked marijuana, who do smoke marijuana. It's just common sense to me at this point. But anyway. Have you ever seen the show Better Off Ted? Yes. <laughs> I yes. I remember that. seeing this show. This is a great show. Some of my favorite shows. It got canceled too early. It got canceled way too early. But if if you listeners have not seen it, it's just like a satire on like working at a big corporation. Uh, and there's a lab, like there's these like lab guys that work there. Yes, that's not relevant, but there's a a black guy who works there and they installed these the show is a straight up satire so like they, this is 100 percent they're meaning to do this but they install these water fountains that are motion like light activated but they don't recognize black people <laughs> so like the company's solution is to like hire white people to follow the black people for when they need to use the water fountain but then they hired too many white people and their diversity ratios were bad so then they hired black people to follow the white people who followed the black people (laughs) (laughs) and then you have to hire more white people because the new black people you hired they need somebody to follow them so you can use the water fountain so it's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and for stuff like that i always say or like when somebody will, they'll like like they'll write a press release and the press release is very tone deaf. Yeah. And you're like, wow. You yeah. can tell, and you can tell that company that did that press release just did not have a single non-white person in the room making the decisions. Yeah. Because any black person or any person of color would read that same like, ooh, mm-hmm. mama, this is a problem. You can't release this. Yeah. It actually for companies, I'm like, we're doing you a favor. Hire yes. a diverse group of people and yes. not just at the low level, the whole gamut, all the mm-hmm. way up to the highest management possible. Because yes. dumb mistakes like this 
you can avoid if you just have a diverse people a group of people walking yep. together. It, it's a no-brainer to me. But yeah, no. Yep. Um, the whole drug testing thing, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Like, and I hope that dies with our generation, like, honestly, because yeah. hiring someone who's never done a drug, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> come on. No. <laughs> like and like this is like okay so the last time i was on holiday in amsterdam i was actually really paranoid about this because i was like oh like obviously thc and edibles are legal there mm-hmm. of course they're regulated but they are legal there so if you do get a thc product right i think y- you must consume it at the location you bought it or something like that i don't remember what the actual mm. law is but because it's everywhere, you don't you don't have to buy it and hoard it. <laughs> yeah, you can get it anywhere. You know what I mean. And the reason they do that is not so much they don't want you to you know run away with THC. It's just so it's kind of like if you consume it here and you buy a certain qual- a quantity, they especially actually not only THC. I think cocaine is also legal there. A lot of mm. recreational drugs are legal there. And the reason they do that is if you consume it in the location, they know they sold you X amount. They did not sell you more than X and. There's a limit on how much they can tell you. And they know that even if you consume the whole thing they sell you, you cannot overdose. Mm-hmm. So they just say, well, we're going to sell it to you, but consume it here. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just easier for them to monitor and trace. And there are also programs all across the place. You can just go in to get treatment if you are close to overdosing. or you, it, There's a system, and mm-hmm. it works perfect. They tax stuff fuck out of it and people are happy to pay the high tax on it because they know where the money is going Mm -hmm. it's it's a no-brainer but anyway like we're beating a dead horse here we know just legalize (laughs) it and regulate it and tax it that's just the whole point yeah but then it's easier for people too to like know exactly how much they've had like right now right it's like you could buy weed from some random person and it could be really weak or it could suddenly be the strongest weed you've ever had <laughs> like there's it could just smack you to hell <laughs> yes <laughs> that's actually how people die of stuff like fentanyl overdoses yeah because they'll cut other drugs and supplement it with stuff like fentanyl which is way more potent way more potent like sub micrograms will get you dead mm. and if whoever cuts it doesn't know their science to put just the right amount in there and they slab it in yeah, the first person who tries it, obviously, maybe they've been trying that. Say for instance, for wherever, if, if this is a new batch that comes in and they're used to smoking, I don't know, half a gram in two hours. They're just used to smoking half a gram in two hours, right? The day they go smoke that same half a gram that's cut with fentanyl and they just go ahead and smoke half a gram in two hours, they didn't know what's cut with. It's not like the, the drug dealer is like, here's a list of stuff this was cut with. This is the amount. No. And then right. you smoke that half a gram in two hours and off you go to the emergency room on the way to see your creator. Like, <laughs> that, and. I mean, it's not it's not funny, but but this is what I'm saying. So people are just like, well, why were you buying drugs in the first place? I'm like, no, the person who's buying the drugs, you can't blame this on them. Now, some like I I believe that this is how the majority of overdoses happen, because a person who is doing a drug to get high, for the most part, they want to enjoy that high. They don't want that high to be ruined by them almost dying. So for that, yeah, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So the Mm -hmm. person who is going to the emergency room for an overdose, chances are they did not intend to overdose. 
something went wrong. And what's likely to go wrong is they miscalculated how much they were supposed to consume because it wasn't regulated. They changed right. the supplier, it's cut with something else they just didn't know. So if we regulate it, we make sure that nobody gets a bad batch, the number of overdoses goes down. No emergency room costs that they can't pay for that now has to be paid for by the taxpayer. The whole thing, I'm just like, this stuff is common sense. Like everybody yeah. who has half a brain can think about this and understand, legalize, regulate, tax it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so have you been to a dispensary before? When I, I went to grad school in Massachusetts and they legalized it in Massachusetts while I was there. Yay. Good job, Massachusetts. Yay. So I went to a dispensary a few different times in Northampton, Massachusetts. It was like an Apple store. It was so fancy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love like, it. The teak countertops, the like light fixtures, the glass cases. You could order it online or you'd walk in and they would give you a menu to read. Right. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, it was it was so fancy. There was, but it was great. There was so much variety. The people who worked there were very helpful. If you ordered online, there was all this info that was very helpful. It's like exactly how many milligrams things were, like different right. strains of joints, like what a, what is this like? What is it similar to? Right. It was great. There was like no, there's no guessing. I could get like exactly what I wanted. Or if I didn't know, right. they would help me order off this menu, which was wild. But I felt so sketchy the first time I went to a dispensary. I was like, this is 100% right. legal, but I feel like I'm doing something bad. You still feel bad. like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you and I walk into a fucking liquor store like we're doing groceries. Actually, we yes. are doing groceries when yeah. we do that. But yeah, no, we just we just fall into a liquor store. And like, what is that? A handle of vodka? I'll take that. How about yeah. that? This? A wine? I'll take that. We, we don't even think about it. But yes. Go to a dispensary and you're like, oh my God. Ooh. Yeah. Look at me doing something dangerous. The dispensary was less sketchy than any liquor store I have ever been to in my entire life. So this was in Western Massachusetts. So these nobody was new to this. It had been legal to possess and to grow for a while before it was legal to buy and even before then it's it's a very earthy crunchy part of the world um, <laughs> and <laughs> northampton this is i loved northampton it's a town in western mass which is where this dispensary was and it's known as sort of the lesbian capital of new england the way that Provincetown on the Cape is like the gay capital of New England. Um, and they, they embrace it. They lean into it. You go into the parking garage in downtown Northampton, and there's this sign that says, Welcome to Northampton, where the coffee is strong, but the women are stronger. I <laughs> love that. Like, it's so I love Western it. mass. I love it. They know themselves. Yeah. I have been I have been to a dispensary before and like you said now it's mostly mostly owned by white people. Black people will need to get up on this because here's the thing just by numbers this could also be my bias because I'm a black person. I know more black people who know more about their weed than white people who know about their weed. Mhm. Mm if that makes sense. So I would feel very comfortable if the person behind the counter is a black person. Now, that's my bias, right? Because I am black. But also because like just by the numbers of the people that I've met who really know their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I if I'm buying weed, the person behind that counter really has. I don't like it could be a white black person. But just because I know more black people who know their stuff, you, that person has to know the stuff about weed. I need to be able to ask you a whole bunch of questions. And you need to be explained. You need to be explained to me. And I don't want you to be somebody who knows about it in theory. 
Mm-hmm. You better have smoked that stuff you're selling yeah. to me. You better have eaten that edible you're about to sell to me. And I need you to explain to me exactly what it feels like. When that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is very helpful to someone who, especially for people who are, you know, going to the dispensary for the first time, you mm-hmm. need somebody who's going to make you comfortable about. They're like, okay, this is usually the milligrams that most people take. This is um, the forms it comes in. Um, mm-hmm. For you to, you know, if you buy a cartridge for a vape, this is the size. Most vapes fit this cartridge. Stuff like that. They mm-hmm. walk you through it as opposed to you know going to the guy in the corner hoping you get something good and the clientele there oh my god it's usually these white hipsters with big glasses glasses that are so big it covers their forehead all the way down to their (laughs) nose like why does i mean i love big glasses too simply because my face is wide and i need the real estate to see but (laughs) that is too much it's overdone um and they're yeah they're usually like these very earthy hipstery people and i can't stand people like that like I'm sorry. They're just so pretentious and there's yeah. no reason for it. We do need black-owned dispensaries, though. I mean, like, shopping at black-owned businesses is a thing anyway. Like, I feel like twice over for a black-owned dispensary, I would go out of my way to do that. Especially, like, for the number of years that black people have been thrown in jail for weed possession. But there are so many different ways to consume THC. I guess I should start. Yeah. People who vape, I mean... Vaping is to me just I'm sure vaping is a perfectly good way to consume it, but the people who sing the gospel of vaping, I can't stand them. There's just I can't do it. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I saw that you wrote this and yeah, I actually prefer vaping. You like, are the that's, person. That's the, <laughs> okay, no, I'm not <laughs> So I know what you mean. Like person who vapes is a personality trait for some people. Right. It's yeah. like that's something as if that's something interesting about them. Like they're so into it. I am not that person. <laughs> okay, I know good. that person that you're talking about. <laughs> I don't like that person either. Yeah, I hate them. It's almost Ooh. like they they won't shut up about the fact that they vape. If you talk to a person who vapes, you will know they vape. You yes. know how you'll know they vape? They will tell you they, they vape. Tell you. Even if they've told you like in five minute increments, you will hear it again. You will hear it. And I'm like, okay, you're doing too much now. But no, I like I like a vape. It's just it's convenient. It's easy to sort of control like how much I want to do or how little. It's just the right. little you can buy just the little cartridges. Honestly, it's just Yeah, it is really convenient. <laughs> like maybe I should not knock on those people. Maybe I, I should Oh no. Knock on those um, people. Yeah, because I hate them. I really do. They're very (laughs) similar to the kind of people who do... We've talked about people who do CrossFit before on this podcast. They're kind of like... They're cut from the same cloth. They're just as annoying. They won't shut up about it. They'll try to convert you any chance they get. Like, nobody fuck... Look here, Marianne. I don't care that you vape. You shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I don't. Also, the thing is like... I have baby lungs. Like, I know vaping can mostly be, like, vapor or stuff like that. It's not, like, full-out burning smoke. I just, my lungs can't handle it. Hmm. Any, like, any kind of sm- I walk into a room that has somebody who is smoking it, I have to get back out. It just, I can't do it. Like, my lungs just won't agree with it. Not because I don't want to do it. Like, I stand there and I physically, like, it's like somebody poured a can of chili pepper down my nose. Hmm. And, like, the whole thing starts to burn. I'm like, I have to get out of here, right? Um, So I don't... Smoking is not... No, I'm not. There's no reason for that. I'm just going to let people have that one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But when we were younger, people used to do water bongs. And that was a thing, especially, like, in college. You'd walk into people's dorms and they would just have 
the big water bowling things. And I don't, I don't like nobody has those anymore. I haven't seen one in a while, actually. Now that you yeah. say it, yeah. Have you ever used one? I have the water. <laughs> I I was very hesitant because that water looked nasty. I was very hesitant because like everybody was sharing it, and I'm like, I'm not a sharer. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. I distinctly remember a specific time that people were, and I think they handed it to me, and I had to pretend to indulge. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like I wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't love it. Yeah. How about you? Have you tried it? I have, and I, I know there's different sizes, but I've always encountered those like enormous ones. No, no more. It's not for me. <laughs> there's no middle ground. Yeah. You cannot like it. It's just zero to sixty. Like one hit oh, really? off the bong, and it's like <laughs> at least for me. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, yeah. I had a friend whose house I did it at once or twice, and all of a sudden one day I like got wild and decided to do two hits instead of one. One. <laughs> the end when i tell you i could not have gotten up off that couch like you could have just started throwing money at me i was glued to the couch i could not move i didn't mind because i was like watching a football game and as far as i was concerned that was like the most beautiful thing i had ever seen was this football right. game i was like i want nothing more than to be on this couch forever <laughs> watching the same football game <laughs> and it was when i tell you one time i remember this because a friend, they, so they, they lived in a, in a townhouse or whatever, and they had roommates. And of course, the house rules were no smoking in the house. But that house also had a rooftop deck. Mm. So this friend was like, you know what? We can go up to the rooftop, the rooftop deck and smoke and then come back down. Which I want you to understand before I even tell the story, that was a bad idea. <laughs> because what happens is, first of all, I'm not a smoker. I do not smoke. This is not something that I do. I'm not used to this. Nothing. I don't love it. Like no mm-hmm. but of course i took a very long inhale i held it as one is supposed to do <laughs> as i've been told and you wouldn't believe it that day it just felt like gravity was like two million times stronger and i was on a roof middle oh. of the night <laughs> oh. christy when i tell you gravity was so strong that day my oh. eyelids were slammed shut like i just felt my eyelids slam shut I couldn't lift my eyelids to save my life. I couldn't lift my limbs. My legs didn't work. Wherever I was seated, I was glued. Gravity was so strong. I could not physically like move. And I said to that friend, I was like, two things are going to happen right now. One, I'm not going home tonight. I can't make it home. I'm sleeping here. The other thing is, you're going to have to carry me off this roof into that house. <laughs> That's it. Right there. That is it. I was like, this is not the move. This is too much. It's too much. And it happened all at once. It wasn't the case where, oh, I'm going to debate about it happening. And like, I have maybe 15 minutes for me to get into the house and get into a comfortable position where I know I'm going to be stuck. No, it happened. And in that moment, that was the end. That was it for me. So, yeah, no, we're not doing that again. Absolutely not. And it wasn't even a water bonk. It was one of the handheld, like, um, the bowls. Mm. the yeah it was one of those and i was like we're not doing this ever again and (laughs) i by the way for the record i hate the smell of weed you know that skunk smell Mm -hmm. people love that and i'm like who the fuck wants to smell this why can't we make edibles or um, edibles weed that smells like deliciousness like vanilla Mm -hmm. why does it have to smell like this Ugh. That's why we should uh, legalize it. Then there will be lots of money in breeding (laughs) strains that smell like vanilla. (laughs) 
When I, so like if I had to, edibles are my speed. They are more my speed because like I said, I don't like the smell of weed. I don't like that feeling of throwing chili pepper down your lungs <laughs> and it doesn't go away. So I don't love that. But edibles, they don't like the ones that are made properly with distilled THC, not just like kind of butter that just contains everything does not smell because they are so tasty especially like in terms of brownies and stuff like that you can just eat them like regular brownies and you will consume way too much and then when it does get you you are smacked people who have done them without knowing what to expect because everybody's so used to smoking right and then when they right. switch to edibles you're like oh because yeah. first of all and it also doesn't happen instantly it'll happen like maybe 35 to an minutes to like an hour after you eat it mm -hmm. so when it does get you it gets you all the way together like a ponytail it just <laughs> gathers you yeah it's always a gamble when like a friend shows up they're like i made cookies i made brownies it's just like homemade it's like oh no yeah idea no idea <laughs> no clue yeah, what no, you're gonna it, get you just this is the thing <laughs> just a lot for the look, ride <laughs> this is a public service announcement we are not endorsing the use of thc at all here if you do insist on consuming thc in the form of edibles you have to be sure, because it could also end up being weak, depending on where you get it. That's okay. Yeah. Make sure that whatever you have on your calendar for the next 24 hours is something that if you miss it, will not ruin your life. <laughs> because it's it's an experience. And if you are not hip to the stuff, like, the, you know, I was just talking about my experience where, like, I felt like gravity got stronger. Imagine if I took that and I expected, oh, in the next hour... I need to do something important. Yeah, yeah no, obviously that, that wasn't happening. No. <laughs> yeah, so if you're going to indulge, make sure that you understand, especially for the first time, clear your, clear your schedule for the next 24 hours. At least do that. Mm -hmm. That way, whatever happens, you're not completely screwed. I could be wrong about this. I think that throughout the course of your day, you have all these random thoughts that, in the moment, at much faster speeds, your brain kind of dismisses them. So you can focus on something that's more, I don't know, pertinent to your immediate needs, right? Mm -hmm. So wondering how heavy the, the moon is. Yeah, how is that pertinent to your current state? Yeah, but I think when you're high, you're unable to dismiss those thoughts as quickly. Mm -hmm. So you get them to linger longer and you can follow them. And then you follow them to the end of, yeah, wait. So you can that person could have been thinking, Oh, wait, um, to talk about, oh, yeah, you know, my mom is from Russia. But, you know, Russia used to be the USSR. And the USSR broke up after the Cold War. But during the Cold War, before that, didn't we have somebody who landed on the moon? Yeah, somebody landed on the moon, didn't they? Yeah, his name was Armstrong. And then they arrived, was, wait a minute, if they landed on the moon and the moon is this close to Earth, how heavy is the moon? And then they'll ask, how heavy is the moon? And you're just like, what the fuck? I hope that makes sense. Like, yeah. they'll start from a thought and then, like, walk their way to something that's completely absurd. But it didn't start out absurd. Yeah, hopefully that yeah. makes sense. It does. No, that's, that's hilarious, definitely. Like, being around people who are high and they will just say things like that. And, I mean, one, one it's hilarious. But, two, that's something that I feel like is a great thing about psychoactive drugs is that putting yourself in a different mindset and allowing yourself to like consider your th I sound so like hippy dippy right now but like being able to like consider your thoughts in a different way and like coming at them from a different perspective I don't know I feel like it's so like yeah. refreshing I and I, I feel like it's very like 
healing is the wrong word, but like I just help feel like it helps me get my mind around things yes. much yes. more effectively than other ways. You kind of sit there and some thoughts that your brain would dismiss normally, you'd sit there long enough with them to realize. Say for instance, if you suffered a very specific trauma in your childhood, for the first time in your life, you could be sitting there thinking about it, and it would occur to you that, wait, the person who perpetrated that trauma was going through X, Y, and Z at that specific time, and that triggered A, B, and C. That's why they acted like this on this day. And all of a sudden, after that experience, that THC experience that day, the next time you see that person, you may not be as hostile to them. And then that relationship can be mended that way. Like stuff like that, unpacking different things in your life and putting you in a different mindset could be helpful for that. But also it could also be really helpful in terms of problem solving. I know, for instance, like people who do coding and they've been going at it and like there's a certain bug in there and they can't fix it or figure out a way to work around it. And then like they just relax. They mellow out for a few hours. They take a THC, whatever. And all of a sudden they come back and they're like, I figured it out. Because mm-hmm. their brain was able to sit long enough with that problem and like trace all the different thoughts that could, yeah. Yep. So some people like it helps them think straight too, just uh, sometimes. People who are high also like speak slower. That's the big like trope in movies, <laughs> but you, you do hear like speak really slowly. And then also find like it's, I mean, it's tied in with the random thoughts, but find very random things funny. <laughs> like they just will crack up. Yes. Yes. There are some shows, like TV shows or whatever, that are mm-hmm. so visually appealing. Like one of my favorite shows to watch is how, I think I've told you this before, it's called House of Flowers. It's a mm-hmm. show, like it's a Spanish-speaking show, I think it's shot in Mexico or something. So every episode is named after a flower. And everything is themed around flowers. So marigolds, peonies, roses, whatever. And they'll shoot that scene with a very specific flower as a centerpiece on the dining table. And the hues in that flower dictates what's happening in the room around it. So the walls are painted a very specific pastel that's similar to that hue of the color of the flower. The shirt of the main character is closest, then all the other supporting characters are also wearing that color or similar. Mm -hmm. And the accessories that they wear, the scarves and everything, all blends. The fabric on the chair they're sitting on blends. So if you watch that movie and you are high with THC, your brain would normally just automatically dismiss all these colors and you just focus on the plot that's being presented to you Mm -hmm. but those movies are those shows and movies are so much more enjoyable because you can actually take more in your brain isn't dismissing anything you get to actually sit with everything so yeah no it does put so people who you know watch shows high they find so much so many more things hilarious (laughs) as opposed to because they can see everything the munchies are real like that's not just a like trope like you will get hungry if you yes. choose to do. <laughs> and you know the funny thing I should say? If you live in a place like Pittsburgh, don't get high after 8.30 p.m. <laughs> Why? Because places like Pittsburgh, all the restaurants close by 9. Mm-hmm. And if you live inside, all the restaurants, all the stores and everything is closed by 9. And if you choose, you choose to get high on THC right before all the restaurants and all the stores close and you have no food at home, what the fuck do you think you're going to eat? You will be high and miserable because you will be hungry. So just don't do it or plan ahead. Like, Mm -hmm. I know people who've gotten high when we're in college, they'd get high and they'd be miserable because there's no food to eat. And they're just sitting there like, I'm hungry. All the restaurants are closed. You have to order that nonsense pizza around the way. And they can tell you if you live in Oakland and that pizza place is in Shadyside, you're outside the delivery range. And this is like way before we had DoorDash and stuff like that. So you know what I mean? You just be sitting there hungry, but plan ahead, please. It's usually comforting. 
You will never yeah. find somebody who's high craving a foie gras. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not. Like, it's usually something. Some people like sweet or salty, but people also mm-hmm. like with the salty thing, if you go for chips instead of soft crackers, it's salty and you get the satisfaction of that crunch. Like, I'm lactose intolerant. Like, really lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to do is I will have my lactase pills ready and then I'll schedule, like, a, I don't know, a full meal of Shake Shack. You know, you know the burger has cheese. The, the, on a regular, like, first of all, I've cleared my next 24 hours. But I've also taken my lactase pills. I've done everything that I could possibly do. But my brain will not let me enjoy this Shake Shack thing unless I, like, because in my head I'm thinking, oh, how much is this going to hurt later? How much is this going to hurt later? Like, I know I'm eating it. Like, that will always be in the back of my mind as I'm eating this thing. Mm-hmm. But if I can figure out a way for me to think my way around it, because it doesn't fully go away. But it's just easier to ignore because I'm like, I'm so hungry. I've, I don't, because I already bought the Shake Shack. I'm so hungry. I have to eat something. And this is all I have. So I can justify it that way. And then it's enjoyable. But yeah, I know foods that I enjoy all the time. I'm not wasting this on them. I know I'm going to enjoy them no matter what. Weed in pop culture. There have been a few people who are popular who have really made weed cool. And thanks to those people. Snoop Dogg is great. I love Snoop Dogg. Just like his whole thing, his music, his like, random friendship with martha stewart i love it so much (laughs) it's one of my favorite things (laughs) it's it's so good i was reminded when we were talking about like weed and pop culture do you remember that time that snoop dogg like went on a vacation to jamaica and came back and was like i'm snoop lion now (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) what weed he found in jamaica that I was love that it. was the funniest shit. <laughs> Snoop yeah, Lion. I I could honestly people like Snoop and Shaq at this point. It's free time for them. Like mm-hmm. they are they are checking every single thing off their bucket list, and they're having Snoop Dogg. Like he was out here. Like the man is just literally having fun. He went and he was singing Korean karaoke. He traveled all the way to that. Did you see that video? He's yeah. singing Gangnam Style, and the words are flying off the screen. And Snoop is actually out here, like, full force with his full chest, just going at it. And he was having the best time. Mm -hmm. The best time. And if you know Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg came out for being a hard gangster rapper. Yes. And, like, I love this. I Because the hardest gangster rappers are actually the ones who have the most fun and don't (laughs) give a crap. 50 Cent is one. 50 Cent is actually hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> he, if you watch his breakfast interviews, he's a really hard, like hard, hard rapper, but he's so funny. But yeah, no, shout out to Wiz Khalifa and um, Snoop. There's also the 1936 movie called Reefer Madness, which <laughs> this show was anti-cannabis propaganda. I'm sure this show must have been funded by the U.S. government at that time because it literally just shows these people who, you know, smoke weed and how their life just descends into this diabolical state of craziness like they accidentally mm-hmm. murder someone this girl <laughs> jumps to her suicide by the way this is like a 1936 movie if you don't know this movie do yourself a favor and go watch it and just see how they portrayed people with I, yeah reefer madness i don't know if you remember in college because it is such a absolutely absurd propaganda film it was eventually like turned into a satirical musical <laughs> Which they performed at at our our college. The so like, soda. Yeah, they did. Really? Reefer Madness. Yeah. 
Oh, also, like, uh, weed just has the best slang and the most slang. Like, there are just a trillion, trillion slang terms for weed and for people who use weed. And uh, my personal, I mean, there's so many terms, but my personal favorite, which comes from the people who think that weed is evil and are trying to get you to stop doing it, is the devil's lettuce. The devil. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) Some of the names are, like, outdated now. I'm sure, like, by the time... We're calling it weed now. I'm sure the the Gen Z already have another name for it, and we just sound really outdated right now. But we'll see. Oh God, I'm sure they do. <sighs> that Keanu Reeves meme, <laughs> which right. is it's from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is one of those movies where they never actually show anything to do with weed, but it's still considered like a stoner movie just because of yeah. like the characters and the whole aesthetic. Is <laughs> that picture of really young Keanu Reeves looking like super spaced out at the camera? <laughs> Such a good meme. <laughs> Oh, it's a great okay. meme. I've actually never seen um, Bill and Ted's. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. So that concludes our episode on marijuana. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Again, we do not condone the use of illegal drugs. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that Big Empty Purse told you to break the law. Please do not break the law. We take no liability for that. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this completely for entertainment purposes conversation. <laughs> On next week's episode, we'll be talking about it's actually to be determined. However, you should find us next week. We'll be here and we'll definitely let you know then. Until next time, peace.